American history is full of the good, bad, and everything in between. But in the end, these are our stories. Today's episode will discuss the American Revolutionary Woman, the role of the First Lady, and women's rights. So pull up a chair and join your host Jacob for a brand new episode on Abigail Adams, Revolutionary Woman. Hello everyone and welcome to a brand new episode of The History Book. Like the introduction said today, we are talking about Abigail Adams. Born Abigail Smith on November 22, 1744, she was the youngest daughter to William and Elizabeth Quincy Smith, and William was a liberal congregational pastor. The Smith family were slaveholders, and an enslaved woman named Phoebe helped to care for a young Abigail, and she would eventually become a paid servant for Abigail when she became freer in life. Abigail did not receive a formal education, partially due to her being sick a lot as a child. Abigail also claimed that she was deprived of formal education because of her gender, even writing to her husband John later in life, saying, quote, If we mean to have heroes, statesmen, and philosophers, we should have learned women. End quote. Abigail first met John Adams when she was 15 in 1759. John had tagged along with his friend Richard Cranch to the Smith home because Cranch was engaged to Abigail's older sister at the time. John described the Smith sisters as, quote, fond, not frank, nor candid, end quote. Abigail's father approved of the match to John, but her mother was initially hostile to the idea as John was a country lawyer who still had farm manners, but she eventually gave in. Abigail and John married on October 25th, 1764, and would eventually move to Boston, where John's law practice expanded, and the couple began to have children. Abigail eventually gave birth to six children. Abigail, or Nabby, John Quincy, Grace Susanna, Charles, Thomas, and Elizabeth, who died at a young age. Abigail created a household beholden to virtue and the Adams tradition. After several moves, the family settled in Braintree, Massachusetts. Abigail's most important role in the household was perhaps her, as her family's financial advisor. Her smart investments provided the Adams family through to the end of John Adams' life. Right now, we're going to take a brief break, and when we come back, we'll talk about Abigail's life during the American Revolution and her role as Second Lady and First Lady. Hello everyone, this is Jacob, the host of The History Book, here to remind you that you can find The History Book on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well as on our website, www.thehistorybook20.wixsite.com backslash thehistorybook. Thanks, and enjoy the rest of the episode. Welcome back from that brief break. Once John Adams left for Philadelphia for the Continental Congress, this was the longest time the couple had spent apart since being married. Their constant letters to each other would eventually be described by both Abigail and John as an, of emotional significance. The other important aspect of these letters is Abigail's clear political intelligence as well as her attempted influence on John himself. In March of 1776, Abigail wrote to John, quote, I desire you would remember the ladies and be more generous and favorable to them than your ancestors. Do not put such unlimited power to the hands of the husbands. Remember, all men would be tyrants if they could. If particular care and attention are not to be paid to the ladies, 
We are determined to foment a rebellion and will not hold ourselves bound by any law in which we have no voice or representation. End quote. John blew Abigail off in a response to this letter, actually stating he laughed at her recommendation, but Abigail was beginning that slow climb towards women's rights. Abigail also held beliefs on slavery that she gained from personal experience as I talked about earlier. There is no hiding that by today's standards, Abigail Adams held white supremacy viewpoints. When offered a slave girl from the Adams family, Abigail insisted against her joining their house, but gave in to save John from some money. However, Abigail also told John, quote, I wish most sincerely there was not a slave in the province. It always appeared a most inquicitous scheme to me. Fight ourselves for what we are daily robbing and plundering from those who have as good a right to freedom as we have. End quote. All this is to say that Abigail held very similar views to others in the 18th century. Slavery was morally wrong, but the white race was still superior. This brings us to the idea of independence. In a letter dating July 14, 1776, Abigail wrote to John saying, quote, By yesterday's post, I received two letters dated 3 and 4 of July, and through your letters never fail to give me pleasure, be the subject what it will. Yet it was greatly heightened by the prospect of the future happiness and glory of our country. Nor am I gratified when I reflect that a person nearly connected with me has had the honor of being a principal actor in laying a foundation for this future greatness. May the foundation of this new constitution be justice, truth, and righteousness. Let the wise man's house, may it be found upon these rocks, and then neither storms nor tempest will overthrow it. End quote. The letters between Abigail and John not only show the close and important relationship between John and Abigail, but also the hardships of raising children with formal education interrupted, as well as the rations of a wartime Boston affected on the farm. By 1781, the Battle of Yorktown had ended the revolution, and John was sent to France. Abigail joined him in 1784, and found Paris life to be quite enjoyable after a while. But in 1785, John was named the first U.S. minister to Great Britain, and Abigail hated London. In contrast to Paris, London society largely ignored her, and she had few friends. One highlight was her guardianship of the young Molly Jefferson, the daughter of one Thomas Jefferson. On March 4, 1797, John Adams was inaugurated as the first Vice President of the United States, and Abigail became the first Second Lady. Abigail became close to Martha Washington and helped her in official entertaining, but sickness forced her back to Quincy, Massachusetts. When John Adams was elected president in 1796, Abigail arrived at the unfinished presidential mansion in Washington, D.C. and set about her duties as first lady. That presidential mansion would eventually become the White House. John Adams would write to Abigail on November 2, 1800, that, quote, The building is in a state to be habitable, and now we wish your company. End quote. Abigail would make numerous private complaints to her family about the poor conditions of the house and would eventually start hanging her laundry in the East Room. 
she would only stay in house for about three to four months, and her health would suffer in D.C. John Adams was eventually defeated by Thomas Jefferson in the election of 1800s, and the Adams family returned to Quincy. Right now, we're going to take a brief break, and when we come back, we'll talk about Abigail and John's retirement and Abigail's death. Thanks for staying tuned through that brief break. Abigail followed the political career of her son, John Quincy Adams, very closely, and even began to correspond with Thomas Jefferson after learning of the death of his daughter, Molly, whom she loved deeply even though Jefferson's disagreement with her husband's political views had created a torn in their own friendship. She looked after all of her grandchildren as well. Abigail died on October 28, 1818, of typhoid fever. Her last words were, quote, Do not grieve, my friend, my dearest friend. I am ready to go, and John, it will not be long. End quote. She is buried at United First Parish Church in Quincy with John and John Quincy nearby. When we come back, we'll talk about what's coming up next. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of The History Book. Our next episode will be coming out on March 22nd, and it will cover Jesse Fremont, a woman behind a legend. Until then, this has been Jacob with The History Book, and I'll see you next time.